0: Want to find the perfect Father's Day card? Dad deserves better than a drugstore card. This year, surprise him with a special personalized card from Moonpig. You can add your favorite photos and a heartfelt message. Plus, no more worrying about stamps or going to the post office, because we'll mail it for you the same day. Every dad deserves a Moonpig card. Get your first card free with code PODCAST at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I guess my delivery is not always, you know, the way it should be. Who the Who you did? You should have stuck up for me. I did. It's not true. Oh my god. She's teaching me how to approach things differently. And like now I do like, communicate more. To another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, cara Berry. Our gosh, we only have one housewives on the air right now. I'm a little bit bummed. I'm a little bit bummed by that because I do feel like you know, like we have like housewives seasons and this is not my favorite one (laughs) with New Jersey and Orange County back to back. Like these are my least favorite girls. And so, you know, for me, it's a little bit of a lull, but, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to have to talk about this episode. You guys, I mean it this time. It's actually going to be a mini episode promising myself that because there really wasn't a whole lot to talk about. It was basically just rehashing things that we had seen in the previous episodes. So let's get into it. A lot of therapy. Let's start off with that. Teresa goes for therapy and she's telling her therapist, you know, I'm feeling really good going into the wedding. Then Teresa's in a confessional. She's been in therapy for about six months and used to be totally against it because she thought she could fix herself. And how was that working, Teresa? But Louie basically didn't like how Tree treated Margaret at the reunion. And even though she thinks her reaction was valid, Louis really into therapy and told her, like, you just don't have to react that way. So then Teresa says, well, I guess my delivery isn't always the way it should be. You know, cut to table flipping, wine glass throwing. You know, I wish we had gone to the reunion where she uh, yeeted Andy Cohen like an old baguette i don't know but (laughs) whatever she did it it was a moment um so yeah basically they talk to she's telling tegan the therapist about boys night about how joe popped the fuck off cussed out louie but then you know after louie told her this he's like you know joe's hurting so she reached out want to make peace right but he didn't come to the housewarming party, which she's bummed out about. Because here we go, the old song and dance. He's my only brother. My parents, they're not here anymore. He's all I got. He's my only family, right? So Tegan asks, like, "Does it worry you?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah," because my dad and my cousin didn't speak for six years over $200 and that really messed her up because she wasn't allowed to have a relationship with her cousins and she doesn't want that to happen with her daughters and the Gorga kids. And so it's just a whole mess. Then Teresa says in a confessional, <laughs> these stories about Nono get more and more concerning as the years go on, but you know, RIP to him, but you know, she says that, that man never told her I love you until she basically told Gia hey little little toddler Gia her, however old she was go tell Nono that you love him and that's really the only time he started saying it this is such a juxtaposition of what I'm used to from Nono, who's like usually, uh, you know, trying to calm himself down from having a heart attack because his kids are like ripping each other's heads off. Um, you know, making octopus in the morning, drinking straight from a Louisiana uh, hot sauce bottle, you know, that that sort of thing. So this is hard. You know, this is not the No No that I know. If you, you feel me. And then Teresa mentions, you know, another teat for toot. She went to, her family went to, all the cousins went to Antonia's 16th birthday party. But Antonia couldn't go to Melania's 16th birthday party because she had a cheer competition. And oh my God, this is the greatest tragedy that ever happened. Melania was so hurt. And I'm sure she was. But like, I also feel like there were many a dance competition that Gia had to go through over the years where, you know, like she wasn't present for things. I I don't know. Like, leave the kids out of it. You know, like, I, we don't need to talk about the kids at all and who was at whose event and whatever. Like, it sucks that they haven't seen each other, but that's on you. <laughs> you adults, not them. But this also leaves me a little bit confused because the Jewish girls keep saying basically they don't have any contact with Zia and Zio, but did not Antonio... <laughs> Antonia last week say oh I talk to the cousins all the time we never talk about the issues going on with you guys like that's just not a problem so I I guess I'm just like really confused as to what's going on (laughs) and I just feel like we're really starting into like a 2.0 session But I'll tell you what, like, if we're going to be doing Teresa 2.0, we obviously need to be doing it with Danielle and her um, very mirror-like situation with her brother. I'm not doing this with any more Gorgas and Judaises. I'll tell you that right now. Not not doing that again. No, no, ma'am. Anyway, we'll talk more about them later. Not because I want to, but, you know, I have to. So let's kick it over to Margaret's house. Margaret just got out of her wrist surgery. So Jen Fessler comes over to visit. Margaret said that they had to re-break her arm. To make it work. And she told them, you guys, it has to be as glamorous as my other arm. Because um, apparently Margaret's naturally hairl- hairless forearms are her prized possession. Okay. <laughs> Whatever that means. So Marge asks if Jen Fessler's mad at Jen Aiden. Or rather, if Jen Aiden is mad at Jen Fessler for kicking her out of her house. And Fessler's like, no, actually Aiden texted me. Sorry, I raised my voice at your house. But your friend wouldn't stop poking at me doesn't feel like a full, complete sorry, but, you know, Jennifer accepted it. So then Marge is just like, well, Jennifer Aiden's a fucking loser. (laughs) So Jennifer Fessler tells Margaret, your display at my house was not you. You were screaming these 16-year-old type things at her. And Margaret's like, okay, but did you hear what Jennifer Aiden said to me? And Fessler goes, yeah, she brought up your kids, which is not acceptable. But she's not my concern. You are. Mart says, I'm not going to talk to Jen at the baseball game. You know, she said, I know I said fucked up things. Don't care. Here's my thing, though, and I think you guys are going to be a little bit mad at me. I'm still a little bit on team Joseph's. I'm still a little bit on team Margaret, but I, I see both sides as well. I feel like Margaret's coming from a place of, yeah, I fucked up with Jen, Should not have said anything about her uh, husband's infidelity. We can move past the fact that Jennifer started it with keep saying that I'm a cheater, but okay. But I apologize. And when I apologize, I think that I move on and I'm over it and that we're all good. But Jen Aiden's not doing that. She keeps talking shit about me and all of this and so I'm pissed. Now, where Margaret loses me is she's calling Jennifer a fucking disheveled drug addict because she smokes some weed. Like... (laughs) that is lame as fuck but outside of that I do think she has a point but I think that she just gets so mad at Margaret or Jennifer Aiden that like it just gets lost in translation with that being said I really like Jen Fessler for being a good friend to Margaret and holding her accountable and being like that was really immature of you and I don't want to see you acting like that and like whatever Jennifer Aiden does is her business but like you're my friend and that wasn't cute Then we kick it on over to Jen and Bill's house. She goes outside to talk to Bill. He hands her an iced coffee, like an old, like an old Dunkin Donuts iced coffee. It's only two thirds full because Olivia got to it before she did. (laughs) Shout out to Olivia. Olivia is the head of that household and that's become very clear to me. So Jen tells Bill, we're going to that baseball game. I don't want you to be nice to Margaret. When you see her, don't talk to her. And then she repeats the whole like baseball thing with Margaret and Melissa. And this is where like, I'm like, okay, Margaret, I'm like on her side. Why would this matter to Jennifer Aiden? Like, why would you be so invested in what somebody else said to her friend? Like a little one-off joke about like, oh, if you wanted to get with a ball player, you can get with him. I don't really see what the big deal is. I don't see why Jennifer Aiden would care i don't see why she wants to make melissa care i don't see why she wants to make like margaret seem like a bad person because of this because i always come from the place of if the person who should be the victim doesn't give a fuck then why should i you know like oh you know what i mean like if chloe keeps wanting to and we'll just do a little uh uh segue into chloe it was tristan's birthday the other day and she did this whole sweeping uh totally like ugh, totally i see right through it posts about tristan and what a great father he is and you're you're my baby daddy and, and you know she displayed that new kid that um you know Clyde has kept he didn't even want custody of and i'm not talking about the one he had with mara Lee. i'm talking about the one he had with chloe he gave up the rights to her him, him that boy Anyway, um at this point now, we gotta stop being mad at Chloe, or, or rather stop putting our energy towards being mad at Chloe because she clearly wants to be with Tristan. That's her dumbass. And so just let her. Let's talk about Robin and Juan. You know? Clearly, Robin wants to be with that man who, by the way, just got fired from Coppin State. Homegirl was saying at the third part of the reunion oh, these allegations are just like a clickbait and they're putting Juan's name into things because blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I know that Juan treated this situation perfectly and he treated it like as well as I would have wanted if these were my kids in a situation dealing with their uh, head coach. And guess what? Fired. So <laughs> did he? Was he clickbait? Did he treat them as well as you would want your kids to be treated by somebody else? Doesn't seem like it. I feel like Jennifer's acting like Margaret knows a baseball player, slipped uh, the number over to Melissa and was like, call them if you need like a little lovin' if you're feeling lonely. And that's not what happened. She's like, oh, you look like J-Lo. She's got A-Rod at this point. You could probably find yourself an A-Rod too if, if Joe continues on his uh, little reign of tiny misogyny. That's it. Joe doesn't even seem to care, you know? So, why does Jennifer? And I'm trying to put myself in this position where if somebody told me, like, oh, I'm just giving you a heads up, this girl likes to encourage women to leave their husbands, I'd be like, what? (laughs) Who gives? That's a really weird thing to do. Like, but also, why would you say that? And also, like, that didn't happen. You guys know what I mean? Like, (laughs) what's going on? And is this all the tea that Laura, the old friend of Margaret's, had on her? Because who gives a shit? (laughs) I just don't see what the big deal is. Melissa doesn't either. Neither does Joe. So let's just let it go. Let it go. So then Jen tells Bill, you know, Margaret got all worked up. You know, I was talking about the baseball stuff. And she called me a disheveled drug addict. Then she starts primping her hair and goes, this isn't disheveled, baby. It was like a friggin' shampoo commercial. You're just an albino with a wig. (laughs) Jennifer says in a confessional, at night, I smoke marijuana. (laughs) It's after my children go to sleep. And the last I checked, it was legal. Margaret has this habit of trying to find anything negative and throw it in my face without any regard to how it'll affect my life. She did it with Bill in the affair, and now she's doing it with this. So she's either messing with my kids, or you're just plain stupid. Frankly, I think this is only going to work out in Jennifer Aiden's favor, because like what nerd is going to be like, you smoke weed in a legal state. How dare you? You're a bad mother. Somebody lame. Somebody lame as shit. So who cares? (laughs) So Jen Aiden goes on to tell Bill, I'm actually really shocked that Jen Fessler didn't think what Marge said was crazy. And then here's Dolores on the other side of me sitting there like a mute while Marge spits venom at me. Everyone sat there and let her rip me apart because she's got shit on all of them. And this is why none of us say anything to, or try to like rebut Marge because they know that she's an evil master puppeteer. Now here's the two things that I need more context on. What is it about, uh, jennifer aiden's weed consumption that would lead margaret to think that she's a disheveled drug addict like what does she hear or is it just like purely an exaggeration because she heard that she smokes weed is that it and also what does margaret have on everybody why would everybody be afraid of her Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor-guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. You've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Queenie Jenkins is a 20-something-year-old living in London, and she's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through all those mommy issues. After a messy breakup, Queenie starts looking for comfort in all the wrong places, and she soon realizes she needs to face the past before she can build for the future. One way I found how to do that is to take it to the group chat. My friends and I use our text sessions to laugh, to cry, to share advice on how to mend a broken heart, and most importantly, say all the shady things you need to under the vault of the group chat any time of day. So will Queenie be able to turn her quarter life crises into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. Check it out. Why? You don't seem to be afraid of her. I don't, I don't, I don't really, I, that doesn't jive with me either. But let's move on over to Paulie's townhouse, the Batman lair with Larry, Dolores's dad, coming over with a two liter of Coke Zero in hand because he didn't want to put out anybody. I don't want to put anybody out. God bless him god bless you larry so Dolores says that she was worried about her dad meeting paul but paul quote played him like a fiddle and larry really loved that paul said he was in it for the long haul so Polly, we find out is going to have like a sort of minor heart surgery because it seems like he has like an arrhythmia it skips a beat sometimes um so Dolores says in a confessional i'm just really nervous because it took me a long time to be happy and i just don't want to lose that in any way so then Dolores and her dad decide to take dog the dog out. You guys remember that? I, I feel like we're not leaning into enough to the fact that Dolores' dog is named dog, but okay. Um, she takes Larry and dog out for a walk and they talk about Moore. She says, dad, this is the kind of man that I've needed in my life. Like a man like you who takes care of things. And you know, I've just been doing it on my own for a long time. So Larry, her dad goes, look, you did that all on your own. You drove that bus of your family alone. And we see a flashback where she's telling her parents a few seasons ago that when things were bad in her relationship with Frank, they would just be screaming. There'd be broken furniture. And then Larry says, you kept the peace for 20 years. And I'm so proud of you that you went as far as you did. So Dolores says, I actually speak to Frank a lot less because I want to change our dynamic. I want Paul to know that he's, you know, the number one guy in the group. This episode is going to be the big charity baseball game that they have in Coney Island. It's the second annual one that Dolores is uh, heading up to, you know, give money to a hospital, right? That's where the proceeds of the calendar are going to yada, yada, yada. So the Gorgas, the Fudos, Frank and his girlfriend, Brittany go to the batting cages beforehand, right? Frank tells everybody that this is going to be the baseball game. The charity game is going to be the first time that he and Polly were going to be together right and Melissa goes look Frank I think Paul's just you know your relationship's not going to be as warm as the one that you had with David you know David who you currently still live with David who took you under his wing and played uh, Florence Nightingale when you had your surgery and, and cleaned your big roided up ass <laughs> Like, no, it's just not going to happen like that you know count your blessings enjoy your relationship with David because that's that's all you're going to get Joe says the first thing I think that has made sense all season by telling Frank that David basically didn't give Dolores the time of day when they were together, but Polly's actually around and present. And so things are going to be different. And Frank says, well, it's affecting our family dy- dynamic. And then in a confessional, Frank says, it's just a shame because I always considered my, a good fa- myself a good father, but unfortunately I wasn't a good husband. And what happened between me and Dolores is still one of the biggest regrets in my life. And then he says, you know, it took Dolores and I a long time and a lot of work to get to where we are now. And now we're the furthest apart that we've been in years. And I'm sad about it. And then Melissa says, well, There may need to be boundaries, but then Frank is like, well, Brittany, girlfriend, how do you feel about my dynamic with Dolores? So Brittany says, you know, it was kind of awkward at first, but once you're in it, there's clearly nothing to worry about. But then when they ask Brittany, do you think that Paul is intimidated? She shrugs. And I thought, girl, you know, the answer to that is no. He is not intimidated by the situation. He just wants to have a girlfriend and not have a big beefy Frank cruising up to the, you know, house at all hours of the day, asking for some sausages and peppers. Like, I think that is completely fair. So then the women switch topics, starting to talk about Jennifer Aiden, you know, trying to throw it in uh, Melissa's face, how Margaret teases her about being with a player, right? So Melissa says in a confessional. Obviously, Jen Aiden has a plan for revenge against Margaret for outing the affair, but I'm not jumping on the wagon. And then Rachel Fuda tells the ladies that at Valentina's birthday party, Danielle's daughter, Tree and Jennifer were trying to warn her against Margaret also. And they're like, you know, she told me or they told me that it was better to have Marge as a friend than as an enemy. And Melissa's like, ah, I knew it. I knew it was fake when Teresa tried to make up with Margaret at my roller skating party. The fakest shit I've ever seen because she fucking hates Margaret. And I don't care what she says. I don't care what she says. I don't care what Louis says. I don't care what Louie's Buddha says. She hates her. <laughs> and then Melissa says in a confessional, I see Louis for who he is, which is very charming, but also manipulating. He told Tree to be good to Margaret so she won't tell the truth about them. I see it. And you know what? I had to put a pin in that because I'm like, this is a Melissa that I can fuck with. This one, I like. (laughs) Like, if we're going to talk some shit, let's talk some real shit about how people are calculating and doing things to other people. We don't have to dig up the past from 1996 to now about your family and all of that. Let's talk about how Teresa treats other people. (laughs) Let's get into that. Because I I don't think Melissa is wrong. I think it's completely uh, understandable. That last season, Louis comes into this situation and into Teresa's life. Clearly, Teresa did not want this man or any man that she was with to be, you know, coming on TV and having all his, like, abusive weirdo, uh half-naked man on the beach talking to his ex-wife shit. Like, she didn't want that to happen, you know? And so I don't really blame Marge for bringing these rumors up on the show, because it would be like, I don't know. It would be like a, like a lot of situations where we just don't bring shit up. That's clearly happening in real time as we're filming Robin, maybe something like that. And to not bring it up, it would just be crazy because everybody was talking about Louie's weird ass beach video. Everybody was talking about all these allegations that were coming out. So I think it is not unfair to assume, like Louie was in Teresa's ear, like, "Hey, you know, l- keep this chick in your pocket." And it would not surprise me if what Teresa is saying about Margaret is exactly what Louis said to Teresa. Like, she's better off being your enemy. It's just safer for you that way. I think she's totally right, and I fuck with this, Melissa. I do. <laughs> then Melissa tells Rachel Fuda she can't stand Margaret Teresa. Teresa can't stand me. She can't stand him, Joey. That's a fact. And that's why I'm not rolling with this fake parade that's happening. Like, not doing it. Then Melissa goes, Rachel, let me enlighten you. They're trying to ice Margaret out. Jennifer's doing it, and Teresa's playing back up. Now, during all this, Rachel keeps saying in confessionals, like, I'm not one to be swayed. I do my own thing. Like, I don't listen to other people's opinions. I form my own. But I couldn't make sense of if, if she was talking about Teresa and and Jennifer or what Melissa's saying about, you know, maybe it's both. Maybe she was referring to both. So then we get to the game and Margaret shows up. Obviously she can't play because of her wrist, but she tells Danielle and Jackie, actually Jackie got to be there, that Jennifer's trying to spin what she said to Melissa, you know, when she was feeling low about how you can have any ball player you want if you want it. So Danielle's in a confessional she actually thinks that's pretty weird of Margaret and that, you know, I just feel like you're saying weird things about my marriage. I would take it as you don't think my marriage is that special. Like if you want to make me feel better, I don't know, tell me my boobs look perky that day. Something. Don't tell me to leave my husband. So Danielle tells Margaret she's friends with Jen Aiden, and it's really hard to hear all these stories because she likes Teresa too. And Marge is like, well, Teresa and I are fine unless she's bitching out something bitching about something else now that i don't know about so danielle goes well they're my friends and jennifer and teresa just kind of told me to keep an eye out and that you're better as a friend than an enemy so rachel fuda says i actually thought the comment that teresa made was a compliment but some goes how how could it be when you're telling somebody to keep their eyes open around a certain person like how is that a compliment Danielle says that she can't wrap her mind around a human trying to dig up her past, but she listens to her friends and obviously Margaret seems to have done them dirty. So, you know, Danielle says she's really struggling to find out who it is that Marge is. Marge says to Danielle, listen, I just feel like Jennifer is obviously suffering. And at this point I feel bad for her. So Jennifer and Bill walk in at that moment and Marge, greets both of them kisses uh bill on the cheek you know just kiss kiss hello jennifer completely blanks her then tree and louie and their family show up so it's like gia melania one of louie's sons the whole shebang right and joey gorga is like (sighs) such a little puss (laughs) he he like pretends to go back into the bathroom so he has to he can avoid them i mean it's truly so lame Melissa is actually the one who ends up breaking the ice by being like, oh, hey, Tree, have you seen the calendar? So they're looking at it. The daughters come over. Louie comes over. They're all laughing. And then Joey brings up the rear and finally says hi to Teresa. And everything seems to be fine. Like, everything's cool. Even though Joe was sent in a confessional, you know, I need to keep my distance because Tree can flip in an instant, And I don't want to defend myself. <laughs> Give it up, Delicious. Give it up. Everybody goes out to play the game. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care about sports. It didn't look good. Melissa was screaming while uh, holding the bat at one point and running to the base (laughs) the entire time. Um, They end up winning at the end of the day, right? Okay. Hello to you. Or congratulations. (laughs) I think I need to take a nap. But anyway, um, so Rachel at one point during the game pulls for Aiden aside and says, I spoke to your daughter, Olivia, at valentina's birthday party she really broke my heart because i asked olivia what she wanted to be when she grows up and she said that she wants to be like a therapist like the kind of therapist who deals with uh, you know love and couples and even olivia said oh that's kind of ironic so rachel asked was that always olivia's dream and jennifer's like no i've never heard that i always thought that she wanted to be on stage or be a broadway star or some kind of actress and then Jennifer says in a confessional that this is the exact reason why she never spoke about the infidelity. Every time Bill and I argue at this point, Olivia will say, remember, you guys love each other. This is the fact my daughter and I knew it was going to happen and I wanted to protect them, but I couldn't. And I just want to say this one thing, because I don't really want to come off as judgmental towards Jen and her parenting, but... If you're saying I knew this day would come, maybe we should have found some ways to like navigate this. You know, I I just think it's unfair to the children to have this come out on national TV full stop. I, I don't think it's fair to them. And I do think that there was like, you know, I hope that Margaret feels genuinely sorry about that. And she seemed to. With that being said, I think the expectation that you go on national television on a reality show, especially with Real Housewives of, at the beginning of it, to be able to be on that show and not have your dirty laundry be aired at some point is naive. Some might even say stupid. Especially when, uh, you know, you kept talking about the person who added to you's infidelity. Like... I don't know. I I just think in the world of housewives, we're not dealing with the real world. There's no fairness really in, in housewives really like we're dealing with a different set of rules, like an uncanny Valley version of the real world. So I don't know, like, you know, you come for me, I'm going to send for you. Kenny Moore said that. So maybe that's something we all need to think about before we sign on the dotted line. Uh, with whatever production company, Dunlop or whoever. Want to find the perfect Father's Day card? Dad deserves better than a drugstore card. This year, surprise him with a special personalized card from Moonpig. You can add your favorite photos and a heartfelt message. Plus, no more worrying about stamps or going to the post office because we'll mail it for you the same day. Every dad deserves a Moonpig card. Get your first card free with code PODCAST at moonpig.com. Moonpig.com ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality gays wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com <laughs> Don't be a gensha, You know? But more on that later. So... There's another little group huddled up together. It's Fuda, it's uh, the Gorgas, Frank and Dolores, right? So Frank is telling everybody, Paulie's not here because he's having heart surgery the next day. And Alyssa goes, oh, I thought maybe he didn't want to come because of Frank. So Joe Gorgas tells Dolores, oh, you have this special family. And, you know, my buddy here is really upset, you know? And then Frank goes, you know, Dolores, I just miss our friendship. And he starts getting choked up and said that he cried the other day because... I think he tried to call or text her and she texted back. I'll call you later. <laughs> so he cried about that. So Dolores says, you guys, it's just a little transition and I have to understand how Polly feels. But then Melissa and Joe and Rachel are like, oh, Frank, buddy, like, oh, we're so sad for him. It's okay. In a confessional, Dolores says, Frank doesn't like change and not one thing in their lives changed after she divorced Frank, except for them being intimate. But you can't make me feel guilty for being in a relationship that i now deserve and as a kardashian scholar that was a mic drop moment for me because i'm like oh my god this is the og scott and courtney why this never occurred to me it makes me feel stupid because i'm like oh my god the parallels are right there you know they have kids there's uh you know abuse happening she's not happy she eventually leaves but decides to keep this man in her life for the sake of the parents or for the children and you know their family unit but then finally she finds somebody who actually makes her happy and things have to change and people were like oh please feel bad for frank even though you know he's had all the time in the world fucking literal decades to change his behavior and i kind of felt like at one point dolores was dropping hints of like When she says Frank doesn't like change, she could also be saying Frank doesn't like to change. And, you know, I have a feeling that much like Courtney, she was very clear about the things that she would need to get back together. And he didn't want to do that. And so you moving on as she has every right to do, because she spent years of her life dedicated to somebody who, you know, ultimately wasn't stepping up to the plate. And then, You got these people who are like, oh, look at how lovable he is. He's so funny. Why don't you guys just stay together? Why don't you continue this dynamic, even though it doesn't really fulfill you at all, just because we love him. He's so lovable, right? Like, (laughs) that's going to be really fucking annoying. And I applaud both Courtney and uh, Dolores for standing 10 toes down on that and being like, you know what? I choose my happiness. I just had a realization that I did not talk about my favorite part of this episode that happened at the very beginning where Teresa says in a confessional that, the, you know, the, <laughs> that the therapist is really teaching her, you know, how to approach things different. And then she says, and now I do good, communicate more. <laughs> Y'all, I rewound that about three times to make sure that she said, now I do good, communicate more. And she did. <laughs> god bless her after that we go back to like gia and her confessional and you know <laughs> i gotta tell the truth i find gia to be a little bit annoying however i give her grace with that because i don't feel like that was her choice i feel like she had to be a parent quite early on in her uh, days and so now she's at the point where like everybody's like oh gia you're so mature you get it blah blah, blah. and she's 21 now and now i think maybe time's catching up to her and like it, the things aren't sounding as mature now that she's 21 and not like 14 <laughs> and you know dealing with which parent is uh you know at camp so to speak and so in that respect i just find her talking about you know i you know every time i see my cousins i'm reminded of how much time is pa- i don't know why i find this annoying maybe i'm just in a bad mood <laughs> maybe i'm just in a bad mood i just feel like she's like she says at one point It almost feels like Zio Joe and Zia Melissa are trying to drive a wedge between us. And that just doesn't sit well with me. And I just feel like this is (sighs) grown folks business. And she's 21, but you know what I mean? Like grown, grown folks. But like, make no mistake. I don't also like when Joe and Melissa speak to her, like she is a grown person either. Like, I also think that's like lame, lamer because they're older, you know, and should know better. So the episode ends with Bill and Jen going to couples counseling with Dr. Judy, a.k.a. 2 Chains, because I don't know if you guys realize it, but she had two sets of readers hanging from her neck. Stan, okay? So Jennifer says Bill's always been really against therapy. We see a flashback where she's talking to her brother about how Bill thinks that therapy will open a Pandora's box that they are not going to be able to come back from, which feels concerning, you know? I don't know. Like, I felt like if I was in a long-term relationship and I thought, God, if we really get into all the things that we're upset about, uh, we're not going to be able to come back from that. How do you, like, continue in that relationship? Because one thing about me, we're putting everything on the table, okay? At some point. If not immediately, then shortly thereafter. So I just don't know how you have how do you have fun with somebody that you're actively mad at? You know, like, I just don't know how you do that. Anyways, Jennifer says that when she told Bill that Olivia wanted to be a love therapist, he didn't have anything to say all this. Like, I don't want to go to therapy, shut his ass right up. He just sat there in shame and took it. Jennifer tells Bill before they start their session, you know, they're like filling out their, you know, questionnaires, whatever. Um, She's like, you know, if you have anything that you want to say, any concerns that you have about my behavior, just let me know. And he just totally blanks her. Totally blanks her. Bill, do you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I do. (laughs) I'm just busy. So then Jennifer says that Bill thinks that the key to a healthy relationship is to not talk about everything. So basically, he doesn't want to talk about anything. But now he's kind of changed his mind, learning how Olivia has affected this whole situation or how she's been affected. So two chains. Dr. Judy, asked for the scoop. Jennifer lays it out. Bill cheated 11 years ago when she was pregnant with Olivia. But she just kind of moved on. Acted like nothing ever happened. Didn't tell anybody. And that's how she chose to process things. But then a woman found out, Margaret, she brought it up. And now she had to process the fact that everybody, including her kids, were going to find out. So they decided to divide and conquer bill told their oldest son about the infidelity she told Gabriella who I think is the oldest daughter one of the things about the Jennifer Aiden children is that I feel like who's that kid <laughs> there's, there's always one in the background I'm like what the hell does? where does this come from she says there was five but I feel like I've seen at least seven to twelve I don't know so then she reveals that Olivia actually found out about the cheating via tiktok And then Jennifer says one of the saddest things of all, honestly, in a confessional, when she says that after Olivia found out, Olivia looked at her and asked, mommy, do all men cheat? And then Jennifer goes, and you know what I said? I said, you know what, baby? People make mistakes because I didn't know what else to say. Boo. (laughs) Oh, that's like a knife to my kidney. So then Jennifer tells 2 Chainz that Olivia's desire to be a love therapist really upsets her. And 2 Chains is like, yeah, it seems like this might be an indication of how this has affected her. And how Jennifer says that when she sees, when Olivia sees she and Bill bicker, she tells him to kiss. And, you know, it's like, it seems like she wants to feel secure with your relationship. But Jennifer says that they've actually never even bickered about the infidelity. But then finally, Jennifer admits that of course, There's some anger towards Bill because if he hadn't done anything, this woman would have nothing to say. So Judy asked Bill, how did he feel about the news being out there? So Bill kind of shifts to his relationship to the kids and he's like, well, I have a hard relationship with them because they view mom as Mr. Perfect or Mrs. Perfect. She's always there. She doesn't really make them do too much. She wants them to have fun. Jennifer mutters under her breath, I'm supportive. But then Bill goes on to say that he's historically the harder parent. And now it's, he's in a weird position because now that he cheated, he feels like he can't push the kids the way he wants to. And some kids need to be micromanaged to achieve the most that they can. I got to admit, I can't say that I really understand what Bill's saying here. It's like, I did a bad thing and so therefore I feel like I can't parent my kids because they're mad at me i don't know that doesn't really feel like it's on jen it feels like more on you but then jennifer goes you know he wants me to macromanage them and it's like everything he's unhappy with falls on me but let's think about the child to parent ratio here we have five kids and only one participating parent he put it all on my shoulders and i keep telling him i feel like his employee and then he comes in and says i don't like the job you're doing So Bill says, well, my job, the issue is that my job is 24-7 stress. But Jennifer says, yeah, but you come home and you'll go straight to the pool house for like three hours. You only come back into the actual house after we're done with dinner. I only know that you're at home because I see your car on the camera and I'm like, wow, couldn't he have at least said hello? Bill says nothing. To the point where 2 chains has to be like, uh, Bill, you seem really silent. And so he starts to quietly laugh. But then Jennifer goes, yeah, he's always silent. When he went through the infidelity, he was silent. When I forgave him for the infidelity, he was silent. This is our life, Judy. We brushed it under the rug. And now I'm getting to the point where I'm fed up. I'm not your subordinate. I'm your equal partner. And I need my partner to meet me halfway. And then Jennifer says in a confessional, it was... 20 years of their relationship where she never complained. She swallowed whatever pill came her way. So why is it hard for Bill to, or why is it hard for her to just expect a little bit in return? Oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is where I'm like, where I said last week, why would Margaret be jealous of your marriage? You know, you're saying that you're fed up. You literally said in a confessional, I swallowed whatever pill came my way. That's not good. That's not good, girl. Do you love Bill? Would be my question. Kara from New York wants to know, Jennifer, do you love Bill? Bill, same question. Dr. Judy comes with the very obvious conclusion of uh, Jen not feeling appreciated for her efforts and also feeling very lonely. Jennifer says in a confessional, I'm at the point where I've had it up to here. And if Bill doesn't step up to the plate, I'm going to check out. And it's going to be real bad for our family. So we'll see. They did seem to schedule another session with uh, Dr. Judy 2 Jane, So. Oh, yeah. 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 Listen, homegirl, Jennifer's in those positions where I think she's kind of in a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like her relationship's not that great, but like. What is she going to do with five kids on her own? It's not really great either. You're not going to have all this Z gallery furniture with the high backs in her new home. So (laughs) I don't know what this girl's going to do, frankly. (laughs) Ooh, This is not great. But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. We'll be back, of course, on Friday with Summer House and Vanderpump Rules recaps. And uh, yeah. Check out the Patreon, by the way. I last week did a um a recap of the Miami Girl episodes, and I also this week did a recap of season two of Netflix's Sun Sun Life Sex Life, aka the worst show, <laughs> the most laughable show of all time. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking.